Welcome back, everybody, to the Boys Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh Schaefer, here as always with my other co-host, Sloan Schaefer. Hello. Hey, Sloan. Glad to have you this week. Also glad to have our special guest this week, a repeat special guest from last week, following up on his excursion across Indy to the beautiful Avon Waffle House. Why don't you introduce yourself, special guest? Back by popular demand, it's Brian Head. I am I'm I'm so glad to be back. First back to back guest, right? Yeah, because yeah. we've yeah. had we've had Tommy on twice, but you're the first back to back guest. Yeah, yes. it must have been those ratings from that first podcast oh, yeah. that you guys just couldn't go go away from me. We were popping off in the Netherlands last week, so. <laughs> maybe they just loved your like baritone voice you know <laughs> they just don't get that over there they all have those high-pitched voices sometimes that is true that is true <laughs> i'm somewhat of a national wonder i would say it's yeah. true yeah well we're glad to have you back brian i know you sent out a recap of your experience at the waffle house it was a great read um, but I, I, yeah, it was wonderful, but I, I want to dive in a little bit deeper on that. I feel like the, the write-up captured the overview of the hours, but you know, you were sitting inside of a waffle house for 10 hours. You know, I know you mentioned it in the email, but I'd love to talk with you about it. Give us a, a brief recap of how you felt and we'll have some follow-up from there. Yeah. So, uh, I would say overall went pretty well. Uh, I think kind of looking back at my strategy, we can dive into this, you know, throughout the next couple of minutes, but um, I, I think I would probably tweak my strategy if I, if I ever enforced to do this again. Uh, it was, it was in my mind kind of the perfect punishment because it was uh, hard and it was not fun. And I, I'm not like looking to do it again next next week or anything, but it was also doable. Uh, there was no point in that where I was like, you know what, I'm going to quit. I'm going home like this is dumb. There's no point where I thought, you know what, like I can just leave now and not tell anybody and, and you know, they'll never be the wiser. Um, there, there was always kind of an inner drive in me to, to make sure I got through it. Um, to me, kind of the big the, the piece that I wasn't really prepared for, I would say, is the like constant state of fullness that I had throughout the day. If you think about like you have your breakfast, you know, you're after you're done eating, you're like, you know what? I'm really content. I'm full. I don't need food. And like you don't even think about eating for four or five, six hours. Lunch rolls around. You start to get that hunger and you're like, OK, now I'm ready again. The, the problem with my strategy that one or, you know, one, sometimes two waffles an hour uh, to get to get through the, the day was after about, I don't know, maybe nine o'clock, 10 o'clock. I just had this constant state of like, you know, I, I don't need to eat anymore. But my problem was that I did have to eat more. And uh, I think probably that was that was the hardest, hardest piece to overcome, um, you know, looking back at it. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I was impressed that you finished it early, like, and to be honest, I don't feel like you doing it made me any less scared of it. Like, I don't feel less fearful of having to go. Where are you at? I know you mentioned, like, it's doable. Would you, 
are you like, I want to avoid this at almost all costs for next season? Or are you like, hell yeah, I'll go back again <laughs> next year if I decide I want to start tanking? I did. You know, that's a funny question because I did on last week's episode <laughs> kind of talk some trash to uh, the teams uh, like Mike and probably Sloan, who, who I would say actively avoided uh, Waffle House uh, and, and probably made a move or two. Um, throughout the year, spent some extra fab uh, in Sloan's case, you know, to to try and do anything they could to get out of out of Waffle House. Um, and I was kind of proud of my, uh, you know, my my willingness to stick to my guns, I guess. Um, but coming out of Waffle House, it definitely gave me a renewed perspective on what I where my priority should be going into next year. I'm not going to say I'm. I'm completely abandoning my timeline or, you know, I'm not saying I'm going to, you know, like sell the farm just to get, you know, get out of doing it next year. Because at the end of the day, like I'm not looking to settle for mediocrity. Like I don't want a bunch of, you know, fourth to ninth place finishes on my record in this league. Like I'm, I'm looking to build something that can last for a really long time. Like I think most of us are. Um, And but I, I will say it did have an impact in terms of I, you know, I'm I'm definitely would prefer not to have to do that again next year. And I feel like uh, I feel like after you know the 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 Waffle House and after the the kind of recap from that, um, probably my first trade, which we got in, you know, we'll get into here in a little bit. My first trade post uh, <laughs> post you know new league year, I definitely think uh, probably tips tips my hand a little bit towards uh, what I'm what I'm looking to do next year. So before uh, we before we get into that trade talk, do you mind doing a sort of a quick uh, just explanation of your hour by hour yeah. dynasty digest? Cause it, it was very funny to read and yeah. I even sent it to Becca and she liked it as well. I'm, um, I'm honored. So I'd like great. to go into a little more depth uh, with the, yeah. the diary that you wrote. Yeah. So um, for those of you uh, that, that don't know, um, throughout the course of, of my experience on Saturday, I, I went through and um, hour by hour, I, I went into my notes app and, and kind of updated how I was feeling. So it, was, it could be anything from, you know, how many waffles I had that hour to uh, like what was going on around me, the people that had visited, you know, how I was feeling, you know, my outlook for the rest of the challenge. It was a little bit of everything. And um, so my digest article this week for the league was was essentially just recapping each hour uh, that that I notated throughout the course of the day. So starting at 7 a.m., I I decided like you got to get in there early. You got to like you know hit the ground running. You know get there, get your table. Like I didn't want to have to worry about like tables being taken and and not getting kind of the prime position. Um, so I show up at 7 a.m. What I wasn't really banking on was there was a little bit of snow uh, that that came, you know, the night before. And I literally woke up that morning at, you know, call it 530 or whatever and and walked outside. And I was like, oh, wow. I was like, I did not prepare for this at all. And uh, so, you know, I started driving out there about half hour drive, like Rockville Road especially was terrible. So like trying to get through that, there were a couple points where I was like, oh, you know, I'm not sure that this is, this is actually going to happen today. Like, you know, not going to risk my safety for 14 waffles. 
Um, but anyway, so I get there at seven and I literally hold the door for my waitress on the way in. So like, obviously at that point, I didn't know she'd be my waitress, but she's walking into starter shift. She looks miserable. Um, <laughs> shout out to Lexi at the Avon Waffle House. Like, uh, anyway, so like, I hold the door for it and I'm literally, literally as I'm holding the door, I think to myself, you know, you have to get every ounce of goodwill out of the staff you can. So if it's as small as just opening a door for, for a waitress, that's like, that could be the difference between getting kicked out and, and then allowing you to stay. So I walk in and like the, I can't quite describe the, the stress that I had scanning the Waffle House, like having been there for the first time, that minute of like, which booth do I pick? Like, how do you decide where the best place in, in this tiny restaurant is to spend the next 10 or 12 hours? And I ended up picking a corner booth for a couple of reasons. You know, you get to kind of scan the whole restaurant. Um, you know, you can kind of hide away, I guess, you know, hopefully you're, you're not seen as often. Um, but the, the downside to it was that Waffle House is so poorly insulated that it was freezing cold in that <laughs> corner because it was about 10 degrees outside. So it was, that, that was tough, but anyway, so, you know, get there at seven, I'm, I'm ready to hit the ground running, order two waffles right off the bat. Uh, Lexi walks up. Uh, to me and, and, you know, she takes my order and I just say like, Hey, um, you know, just so you know, I'll probably be here for a long time. So like, if you need to cash me out, you know, before the end of your shift, like, let me know. I don't want you to leave and not, not get a tip. And she goes, and it was just, it was so innocent. It was so sweet. She goes, you know, don't worry. Like my shift doesn't end till two, so it'll be fine. <laughs> and I was just like, like I said, cash me out if you need to, I'll be here for a while. So I, I, I felt bad for her that she did not realize what was in store, but, um, you know, uh, and shout out to, to Dylan and Sloan. They both came, uh, right pretty much at 7am, um, to sit with me. You guys both definitely got me off to a really strong start. Uh, Sloan, I have to say it was so, so hard to not talk to you about your surprise party that night. And I'm like proud of myself for getting through that. <laughs> did, yeah. I, did I tip my hand at all? No, I was trying to run back through like when Dylan and I were at Waffle House, just thinking what we talked about and all that. Cause like, it was just, you know, normal boys conversation where we talk about everything. Um, so I'm sure, yeah, it must've been difficult for you to, you and Dylan <laughs> to not say anything. And I, I, I do have to give Dylan a really big shout out um, because he uh, texted me on the way uh on the way out to waffle house when you and when sloan and dylan were driving out there and uh you know for for those of you that don't know the those of us that went to sloan's um surprise party got to meet uh dylan's new girlfriend and he dylan mentioned like he texted me <laughs> and i of course knew i was going to meet her that night and dylan like texted me and he's like hey just don't you know don't say anything about how you're excited to meet Lily later on or something like that like don't don't spoil it that way and I I can't say I would have said that but like it had never crossed my mind that that could be like something that would trip us up so huge shout out to Dylan for being aware enough to to mention that to me ahead of time so um anyway 7 a.m came and went uh pretty good you know energy level was high boredom level was low uh Sloan and Dylan left I think around 8 15 it was the first time that I was alone uh at Waffle House and it was alone and scared 
And uh, the thing was, they left around 8.15. I knew my dad was coming at nine. I didn't really know when the rest of my guests were coming. So, you know, I kind of decided like, I'm going to, I'm not going to pull out Netflix. Like I'm not going to break into that already. I'm going to, you know, like push through, play some games on my phone, like just kind of watch, you know, people watch for a bit. That went pretty smooth. I, I ended up having my third waffle at that, that point. And that was the first time where like, I finished that waffle and I'm just like, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm not really that hungry anymore. Like that, you know, those three were good. Like I'm ready to go home now. And uh, I was having like, you know, a little bit of butter, you know, a decent amount of syrup on, on each one at that point. Um, and so that was, that was kind of the first, you know, uh, moment where I was unsure of myself. Um, were you expecting, were, were the waffles the size that you expected them to be? Yeah. How big were they? How big were they? They, they were seven inches uh, in diameter. Um, so not quite as large as the 10 inch that, you know, that, that Austin threw out there. Um, but I, you know, I can't blame Austin for overestimating something like that, but anyway, he, you know, (laughs) so, uh, anyway, like, you know, seven inches, uh, in diameter, not bad. Um, but they, they added up, they were a little bit thicker than I would have liked. They, I was really hoping for some airy waffles and I just I didn't get those and honestly like you I could see the waffle irons behind the the counter and that was just like torturous because you could see the batter that they were using and it was just like clumpy like they they dump it on it's just like huge I'm like oh those are thick so uh yeah that that was like tough to watch it was like kind of my enemy staring me in the face um were they like were the doubles the same size as the singles? Yes, I would. Yes, they they were. They had essentially six waffle irons, same size. They were using the same six for all the waffles. So yes, they I, were the same size. I ordered a waffle when I was there. I got waffle and I got an order of biscuits and gravy. And I remember when I got the waffle, I looked at you and I asked because you had just finished your first two by the time Dylan and I got our food, and I asked you is my waffle the same size as yours? Cause my waffle looked a lot smaller. It looked like an Eggo, like <laughs> slightly bigger than an Eggo waffle. And you were saying like, yeah, cause it did look big when you originally like chopped them up and, and put syrup on it and everything. But I thought they were smaller than, than, I don't know. I thought they were smaller than I expected them to be. Yeah. I also didn't eat, you know, however many you ate of them. Yeah. Um, so I'll take your word for it, but. I do think they were a lot smaller than than a lot of think, people would have expected them to be. I think they're <laughs> I think they're small when you're looking down the barrel of eating one of them, and right. I think they're pretty monstrous when you're when you're staring thirteen or fourteen in the face. So I, I agree with you though. I mean, they they I will say they were smaller than I expected because I was still banking on uh-huh. you know eight nine ten inches. So <laughs> that was nice, but they were just way thicker than I was ready for. So, yeah. Um, Okay. So then your dad shows up and what? Yeah. So he, he, he came right at nine. Um, Was it a Pat McAfee jersey? It was. Yeah. And he actually requested, he, he uh, texted me afterwards and, and asked for props for wearing a Colts jersey because he's not a, not a football fan, not a sports fan at all. And he requested props for me for wearing that. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I know my mom is the big sports fan. My dad couldn't care less about it. So, um, yeah, he was, he was, uh, 
proud of himself for wearing a Colts jersey to that. That's for sure. Um, he came, you know, uh, that was the first time I met Theo. Uh, so for those of you that that don't know, there was actually a guy at the booth right next to me named Theo who was doing the exact same challenge. And he walked in like about an hour or so after me and sat down with his buddies. And I, I overheard them uh, discussing, you know, the challenge. And you just kept hearing these phrases like 24 hours, you know, 12 waffles, eight waffles, like, you know, like syrup, butter, like all the stuff that like I was thinking to myself, they were also saying, and I'm like, oh man, they're, I bet he's doing the same thing. <laughs> and so then when my dad showed up, I like purposely spoke just loud enough for Theo and his friends to be able to hear like about the challenge. And then all of a sudden, like all, all three of them like turn around they're like, Oh my God, are you doing it too? So that was, uh, that turned out to be a huge blessing. So yes. Theo, great guy. He had like a similar build to you, didn't he? Yeah. It was, a little <laughs> was really weird. Little freaky. Like the, his, his league reminded me so much of our league. Like, you know, the, the big guy, uh, gets Waffle House challenge year one. So uh, <laughs> it was, it was funny. And he had, I mean, his entire league came like all at one time. Like they were all there at like nine o'clock in the morning or something. They, they, they had six or seven people there at once. So it was funny. He had the complete opposite strategy of the, you know, six waffles off the bat, four after that, and then, you know, a couple to end it. So it, it was interesting to kind of go back and forth, but he and I both hit, hit uh, some, some challenges that we weren't ready for, but um, yeah, so that was, that was really cool. And I mean, great guy, like shout out to Theo, if he ever finds this podcast, you know, you really got <laughs> me through it, man. So um, ended up having the fourth waffle in that time period. You know, my, I will say another shout out uh, for my dad. He, uh, he was a game changer because I was thinking about like, I could only go to the bathroom when other people are there because I don't want to leave, like, I don't want to leave my booth, A, and then B, I don't want to leave like my iPad and my, my laptop and, and phones just sitting on the table. And so my dad got there and I'm like, yeah, like, I don't really need to go, but like, how, like, when's my next person coming and stuff like that. So I, I went to the bathroom, did my business and like, it was game changing. Like I went from like probably a seven or an eight out of 10 full to probably like a four out of 10 full. So like, it just opened up that space that I needed <laughs> to, uh, yeah, <laughs> sorry, I won't get into too many details, but it, uh, it opened up that space I needed to keep going. So, uh, my dad, you know, sat at the booth, watched over my stuff while I, while I took care of that. So that was, that was really wonderful, um, to, to get that time. So, um, moving on to the 10 o'clock, uh, you know, a couple more waffles at 10, uh, my dad Wait, left. I, Brian, quick question. At 10, yeah. at what point did you stop like going heavy on the syrup? And retrospectively, would you have never done syrup or butter the entire time? So um, my dad was actually the one that encouraged me to try it without any butter or any syrup um, just to see like how it was. So pretty much the first two orders I waffled, I ordered, <laughs> first two waffles I ordered right after he left. Um, I tried without anything and it was just, it was unbearable. Like it was just <laughs> dry <laughs> and like 
I was, I was eating that, like ripping it off in pieces. It was just not good. So I ended up, I, I cut the butter out entirely after like waffle three or four after, you know, from there on out, it was, it was a decent amount of syrup, but not a ton, um, just something. So it's not, you know, totally dry. Um, yeah, it was, it was a good experiment, but won't do it again. So you would have gone light syrup the entire time. You think yeah. no butter. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably the best game plan. Um, so dad left, uh, broke out Netflix for a bit. That was nice, you know, nice change of pace. Um, you know, I, I essentially ordered two waffles at 10 15 and just told myself I've got till noon, uh, to eat those. I, I actually finished those even before 11 o'clock, uh, which pushed me ahead of schedule. Um, you know, coming into around noon, I was, you know, kind of approaching the halfway point. Um, you know, I had a couple more waffles at noon. Uh, that was right when, when Annie and her dad, John showed up. So that was really awesome, uh, to have the two of them there. They, you know, we really bonded with Theo during that time, spent a lot of time talking with Theo about his strategy. And so Theo was just there by himself the rest of the time. Uh, for the most part, he had everybody right at the beginning and then, it was like he had one or two people the rest of the afternoon okay. uh, with him. So it slowed definitely. But, um, and then uh, uh, the f- funny part where what I found ironic was I asked Theo at one point, like what, you know, like what got you here? Like for me, what got me there was, you know, I was, I was kind of tanking. I had a bunch of young players, you know, I didn't have anybody that I could rely on to go, go get 15 or 20 points a week. And he goes, well, I had, I had Darren Waller and Travis Kelsey. He's like, I double dipped on tight ends and, you know, Waller got hurt at the end of the year. Kelsey didn't have quite as big of a year as he's used to having. And I just found it super ironic that in his league, the guy that had Darren Waller and Travis Kelsey ends up at Waffle House. And in our league, the guy that had Darren Waller and Travis Kelsey almost won the entire league and you know, was dominated the rest of us throughout the regular season and got within, you know, a couple points of winning in the playoffs. Yeah. So, well, the guy, the, had, the, yeah. the guy with Darren Waller and Travis Kelsey in our league also had Cooper Cup. So that, yeah. uh, I don't know if that negates it. Yeah. Was, yeah. was Theo a, a booger eater who plays in a redraft league? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Well, no wonder he lost. You can't exactly. have Waller and Kelsey. <laughs> Jeez. Theo, know. Theo will be and, there next year. You should, you should give him, you should give it, get him, uh, get his number so that whoever's there can, can coordinate with him. Yeah, I feel like the the dynasty equivalent of that is is taking three quarterbacks right off the bat. One, two, three. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't even Theo obviously wanted to lose with that strategy in a yeah. draft league. So good yeah. for him. He did. He I mean, he seemed like a guy that liked his waffles, so it might have been a tank job. <laughs> Maybe he just really loved Waffle House and never was able to go. So yeah, really went yeah. All in for it. This was his excuse. But um, did but he? Yeah. Did his eyes open when he learned you were in a dynasty league? Was he like, "Wow, we should really do this"? Or no, I was honestly a little disappointed in his league's reaction to the fact that I was in a dynasty league. I think they were kind of like shocked by the idea that we you know, as a dynasty league had this, you know, same punishment that they did, but, uh, I know. Right. I know. So (laughs) I, but I mean, they seem like the perfect group for a dynasty league. So I I hope that they start one next year as, you know, and, and, uh, after thinking about how great 
our league was. So when little do they know that we put out a podcast and do a weekly article and do power <laughs> rankings and all this stuff. So uh, they only saw the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> yeah. But, seems like, seems like uh, with a, with a player like Theo in your league, it'll be hard to actually have a dynasty league. That's true. Going tight end, tight end <laughs> in a redraft. That is very true. That is very true. Yeah, the person who we thought was Theo in our league ended up winning the whole thing. So. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Every league has a Theo, guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but getting, you know, kind of to, to wrap up kind of the afternoon, I, I'd say like the, the morning was definitely the more eventful time period. The afternoon, uh, it, it went downhill. Uh, fairly quickly, I would say, like right around, I would call it two o'clock. Um, you know, I was by myself. I was like, you know, I had watched like two or three episodes of Blacklist right in a row. You know, I was starting to get a little bored. Uh, energy level was dipping. And I essentially did the math. And like the problem that like I wasn't able to talk about with anybody, you know, while I was there was I, so I wanted to get done obviously for myself, but I also wanted to get done in time to get back up to Westfield, pick up Annie and drive over to Becca's house for the the surprise party. So I was like working under this, like almost time crunch of, I need to be out of here at five. Otherwise, like I risk not really being able to make it. And so I decided at two o'clock, I did the math that I needed four more waffles in three more hours to get you know, to get out of there at five. And so I just decided like, instead of spacing it out, I was just going to order four, not necessarily eat them at that point, but order four and, and just tell myself, you know, you've got three hours to, to get through these four waffles. Yeah. You can uh, at least see it in front of you. Like, exactly. That's the goal. It was, it was game changing to, to be able to look at the four waffles on my table and be like, this is it. Like, this is all I've got to do. No more ordering, you know, no more watching them put more batter on the, on, on the skillet. Like it was great. Um, but I had absolutely no room left at that point. So it, it took a toll kind of mentally, I would say, um, and, and energy levels and boredom levels, they, they dipped. Um, and I, I ended up getting through, I think I had, I think I gotten through two by the time Matt got there. And they actually kicked me out of my booth. I had to move up to the the bar. And Josh, you were right ahead of time. No way you could do this challenge at the bar. Um, that that was brutal. Uh, but did they kick Matt, you out because of like slow business? They just wanted to close it off so they wouldn't have to deal with it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think they were just you know they know they don't need that many tables at that point. So uh, I was a little disappointed to not finish the challenge in the booth that I started it in. But that's just kind of nostalgic, I guess. Got to eat quicker next time. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Um, so Matt showed up. He and I chit-chatted for a while. Like I literally didn't eat a single bite while he was there because I, I just had nothing left. <laughs> like there was I like as far as Matt's concerned, I, I ate zero waffles on Saturday because he did not see any any waffles eaten. But um, it, it was you know kind of a good reprieve, I guess. You know, gave me a break from from Waffle House. Um, and then after he left, I, I knocked out the final two um, to kind of push me over the finish line. And then I just, you know, I finished at like 4.30, but I still had like half an hour of time left. So I ended up just sitting there, you know, watching the, the NFL playoff game 
um, you know, on my on my laptop and, you know, waiting for, you know, watching the the minutes tick by. Yeah, that must have been um, miserable. Yeah, that was that was tough. Uh, definitely not definitely not enjoyable, but it was nice to know I was done with the waffles at least. Um, and then, yeah, like the, the shock of every, I think the shock of the entire day was that I paid, I paid $26 for the yeah. entire meal, 14 waffles, $26. I still cannot figure out the math behind that. So how many but, bills did Lexi give you throughout the day? Or I guess it wouldn't have been Lexi at that point. No. Yeah. By, by the end, it was a different waitress. I cashed out with Lexi and I think I had three bills maybe at that point. And it was, what was that? I think I said it was $11, like $11 and 50 cents or something like that. And then my second waitress was, was $14, you know, wow. um, 14 50, something like that. So anyway, um, yeah, I was like, the price shocked me. Like I said, I was ready to spend 60 or 70 and like definitely was thinking it'd be at least 50. Um, so I ended you know, with tip, it got closer to that, but it was, yeah, it was really cheap. I was surprised. Yeah. That's I mean, so cheap. Yeah. I don't know how they do it or if it was a mistake, but yeah. I, I feel like there had to have been a mistake in there somewhere, but yeah. Um, um, when, when Becca was driving me around while you guys were all getting to the house, obviously I didn't know what was going on. Um, but I, I could kind of figure it out when she was driving me around. Like, okay, I think I know that it's going to be a surprise party with all my buddies. And I remember telling her, if Brian is there, I'm going to be so happy. <laughs> like the, cause I think at that point I had no, I knew that you were finished. Um, but I was like, there's no way he shows up. And not only do you show up, but you also start eating some of the pizza. <laughs> I know, I remember, right? That's... Well, Becca, she asked me, she's like, did I, do you think I got enough pizza? And I'm like, well, Brian's not eating. So yeah, you got enough pizza. <laughs> And then I saw you eating. I'm like, I don't understand how he's doing that right now. But I, I, I think, yeah, go ahead and explain your thought process with the pizza. <laughs> I think that that probably is worthy of an article just in, in and of itself. But I, well, I apologize to Becca for throwing off her count because she, uh, she definitely wasn't accounting for that. But <laughs> um, so my, what, what was happening is I wasn't necessarily hungry, more or less, but. I just like I'm like I was sitting there. I'm like I've had 14 waffles today, and that's it. Like no sausage, no eggs, no nothing. So I'm like I there's no way. Like I can't go to bed having only eaten waffle syrup and butter for the entire day. Like that's just that 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 sounds terrible. So like even though I wasn't super super hungry, I felt like I needed to at least have something else in my body, even if you know, even if it was just Jets Pizza. To, to kind of get me through the rest of the, the rest of the night. Yeah. Tell me about the next day. Next day was, was good. I, so like I, uh, I weighed myself both before and after just out of <laughs> curiosity and it was essentially three pounds worth of, you know, waffles, pizza. So it was insane. But the n- kind of nice part was the next day I was like not hungry at all the entire day. Like I, I, I ate a little bit, but, pretty much wasn't interested in food most of the day. So it, uh, I think it kind of balanced itself out, but yeah, it was Saturday was rough Sunday better. Um, and I'd say by now I'm, I'm fully back to normal. So, um, yeah, it was, it was an experience and I, you know, now I'm looking for, forward to somebody else experiencing it with me. So I need somebody to kind of bounce, bounce experiences off of. Yeah. 
I am very impressed that you did it early, that you finished ahead of time. I thought the odds of that happening were very, very low. And honestly, next, oh God, I hope there's not a next time, but if there is a next time, I, I think I'd have to, I think I'd have to try the other strategy, the one you were thinking of Sloan, like the, you know, hit it, hit the ground running, Yeah. maybe have some at lunch and then wrap it up. But just, just to experience it, see what it's like, you know, compare, contrast, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm proud of my strategy. I think it worked well for the most part, um, but there were definitely drawbacks I wasn't ready for. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing it with us, Brian. Sloan, any other questions you have? I, I loved hearing everything about it. So I appreciate the detail. No, I think, I mean, I'm just, I'm impressed that you did it. And, and I said this last week, I'm happy that, I'm not happy that you had to do it, but I'm happy that of all people, it was you because you took it seriously and, and uh, you gave us uh, just a lot of entertainment throughout it, which, you know, is, makes this league fun. So yeah, just thank you for uh, will, being willing to do it. Uh, we might have issues in future years, depending on who finishes and last, uh, whether or not they'll do the, the actual challenge or not. But I uh, hope that I, I hope that I kind of set a precedent for it that, you know, we're actually going to do this, but we'll see. We'll, we'll deal with that when it pops up. Yeah. Well, Josh, I feel like we've had yeah. a league punishment in years prior and people haven't done it. Well, so, let's think about yeah. it. I'm good. Didn't do the Crocs. And then Tommy didn't do the fever game. What I can't, what other punishments have we had? I, I think those are it. And I, I feel like we found a winner here. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. This is much better. The other two were bad. <laughs> so, yeah. Way to grow definitely, up. Everybody. Definitely grew up with that one. Yeah. Well, I think it's time to move on to the second part of this call. I know last week on your birthday, Sloan, the other part you didn't talk about was the two and a half hours you got to spend with everyone celebrating your birthday by going over the fantasy football rules. Oh, yeah. Um, what'd you guys think of the rules call? It, I thought it was a lot. Like, I felt like I talked for literally two and a half hours straight. So I'd like to get your perspective as somebody who wasn't talking the whole time. Well, I think, um, are we going to do another call, like a league-wide call, uh, like before the draft? I assume we will, right? I would I would think, may, I don't we know. We did this past season. Like we sort of For did what? a rules call just to like get things figured out. And also I know we have some things that we have to uh, still vote on from the rules call we just did. Um, but – I think, I think if we would have, if like if I was able to set up the polls in advance for voting, I think that would have made it a lot quicker. And um, I don't know. I thought we had a lot of good discussion. And, yeah. And I don't think, uh, like, I can definitely think of a lot of rules that went my way in terms of voting, and then a lot of rules that didn't go my way, which I'm happy about. I'm happy that you know we're not all on the same page and that we're trying to do what's best for us at this point. But. Um, yeah, two and a half hours is long, but it worked. There were, there were two conversations specifically that stood out to me that I think are kind of worth examining here on the pod. And the the first one was one of the first ones we covered was the you know moving to three or four IR spots, and we you know for the, for the listeners we we ended up not you know 
uh, increasing our IR spots. We suck at two. And that was one that I thought for sure was a layup. Like I thought for sure we'd be getting the three. That was one like when when we all, you know, when Josh sent out the, the rules ahead of time, I was, you know, I didn't even really think about that one because I didn't think it would be, you know, a, a point of discussion. And and I was, you know, outvoted. I'm, you know, that's not a problem. Happy to stick it to. But like I that was one I was surprised about. What were your guys' thoughts? Yeah, well, I just and I voiced my opinion on this during the call. I think IR spots should be IR spots and not COVID and out spots. Um so that's why I wanted to limit it as much as possible because I felt like it was being abused for week to week situations when that's not the point of the IR spot. That um, is the point of the IR spot. Well, no, the point of the IR spot is to <laughs> add someone to your roster who's taking the place of someone who's out for an extended period of time, not just one week. Um, according and that's to the what, point, though? According to how the NFL does it with IR. Oh, how many times are we not the NFL? Because I feel I like know we're not the NFL, somebody but... says it and then <laughs> well, let's call it something like, else. We're the boys dynasty fantasy football league. <laughs> COVID, you're not out more than one week. Uh, when you're out or something like that, you're more than likely not out for more than how one many week. flexes do NFL teams start? A ton. Kind of flexes. Well, how many quarterbacks do they start as another yeah. good one? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, I I, guess I if- totally agree with you, Brian. I I think this goes in tandem with something else. I was shocked there was so much resistance to adding another IR, and then nobody cared at all about adding an extra flex spot. I yeah. thought that would be huge for people because, like, depending on adding an extra flex spot. Like depending on how deep your team is, that is a huge change. Like one, yeah, like an extra IR or an extra flex spot for a team like yours that I would say is like maybe maybe you're lacking like a little bit of of top elite elite level talent, but you're a very deep team is very different from you know like a Matt's team, you know pre pre this last trade we made, but you know uh, his team was incredibly top heavy. And I would say even with two flexes, he was struggling to to kind of figure out who he was going to put in there. You know, he was a rotating cast of guys like Kenny Galladay and and Josh Palmer and all those guys. So like, there's, you know, that addition means so much to some teams, and it it low, you know, low key is kind of a, a pain point for others. Uh, I mean, it is for me. I'm I'm young and and you know, unproven. And me now having to start a third flex like that, that third player could legitimately get me zero points some weeks if I pick the wrong person. Yeah. I mean, if you're hit with a weird set of bye weeks, you could be starting like there'll be some I'm looking forward to like the darkest player that gets started this week. Like there could be some really deep cuts like a receiving running back like could get the start. I think there'll be some really bad ones. A secondary then, tight end or something. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that was – Sloan, did you have any more points on that one you wanted to hit on? I mean, I, I was very much opposed to the super flex. Um, I, know I would say I am too. Yeah. So I think that's why the additional flex spot was more popular, just because we had something that we were more opposed to. Yeah. yeah I think the, the super flex to me, I, I think, like, not being a super flex league is fun just because it makes us unique. Um, not something that I think we needed to d- dive deep into, but I was – you know, interested to see what everybody thought on that one. I agree. I think we can only do a two QB because we are in a 10 team league. I think 
if we went to 12, doing a two QB would be like nearly impossible because there's not enough starting quarterbacks and backups for everybody to have three quarterbacks. Definitely. Definitely. The other one, uh, that stood out to me, I would say probably the most dramatic conversation of the night was, uh, was around the, um, uh, the, like how we determine uh, picks in the draft. Um, it, it got floated out there, the idea of doing a lottery, which to uh, teams like Mike and I is like, was the worst thing we could possibly hear. And I will say I, you guys had, had me at least sweating and I'm pretty sure you had Mike sweating too. Uh, like I thought, again, I thought like layup, this one's obvious, like lottery system is not good for us. Like that doesn't make any sense. And it got a ton of traction and the vote ended up being like, you know, mostly lopsided. Like I think a lot of people that like Josh, I think you were kind of campaigning for the lottery system. I think it was just me and Longa that thought it would be really fun. Lottery lottery doesn't necessarily prevent tanking, but it prevents teams from getting good by tanking. Yes. Yeah. And, you, and we talked about the NBA. Like it doesn't work in the NBA. Teams still try to do it, but it doesn't work. I and I honestly I just wanted to make sure that Brian and Mike were at the bottom of the league so I wouldn't have to go to Waffle House. So I'm trying to vote on every <laughs> rule that makes them worse. See, that's a horrible reason to want to change a rule. I was a proponent of it purely from the fun factor of like, how fun would it be at the end of the season? We get together to do the draft lottery. Like that would be a great time. You know, like it I, would be, it'd be dramatic. It would be so fun. Yeah. Yeah. No, it would, it would add a whole nother layer to the league. I would say. Yeah. It would have, it would have changed. I don't think it, cause we, when we discussed it, we were like, Oh, we won't do it until 2024. I think we should even revisit it during next year's off season. Cause I think it would be really fun. Like if we agreed to it far enough out that people could prepare for it. Like if we started in 2025, like that shouldn't everybody, nobody who's rebuilding now should still be rebuilding in 2025. Like you're just bad at fantasy football. If you're still rebuilding in three years, that's too yeah. long of a horizon. Yeah. And that's, I, I, I would say I'm still against the lottery idea, but if we did it, I would definitely want it to be, you know, something like that where it's, you know, agreed upon ahead of time for multiple years in advance. Yeah, definitely agree. I, I thought it was a fun conversation, but definitely not one that I, I thought it would honestly, the vote would be closer. It was, I thought what was a really interesting part of the call is like there was this silent majority of people who literally did not talk the entire time. And then the poll would be released and then it would be like, you never knew what was going to happen because like Tommy Austin, like Colin Dylan a little bit, but none of them were talking. And so it would be totally (laughs) different than the people who were actually having the conversations. It was fun (laughs) running the polls because I could, I could see it live of how people were voting. And I, it had to have been like, I know Mike, Brian, and maybe even you, Josh, like it was always the people who were talking last about a rule that like hadn't voted yet. And I'm just like sitting there like, <laughs> I know they're not convincing anyone because everybody else has already voted and they're all on the same side here. So it's just like. I don't yeah, know, that's di- what I didn't like about the polls is that people could vote while we're still having arguments. But maybe the guys who like they didn't want to hear it. They knew well, what they thought about it. Yeah. And, and I tried when like when Matt said or I think Matt just made a mistake. But 
if I knew that somebody wanted to change, I would have just reran the poll. Um, yeah. But uh, no, there was one rule that I think it might have been the lottery where we were having like a really heated discussion. And I had already seen that the poll would was majority no lottery, but I just didn't publish it yet just because I thought the discussion was hilarious. Um, but, <laughs> but I mean, we Mike could, was like, I'm going to quit the league. I'm going to quit yeah. it. He <laughs> would have done it too. I'm sure he would have. What a, like what a baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah. It was fun. I thought, yeah, I thought it, it went well. I, there was definitely surprises. So it was just weird to see yeah. you know, where things would come through. I definitely agree on the IR thing. That was, that was pretty, uh, I was, pretty weird. I, I was also impressed that there was no, uh, like no conversation around roster expansion. Like in, at one point during the middle of the year, it was a very heated discussion in the group about roster expansion. And I know Mike and I were both talking afterwards that we were kind of ready for a fight coming into this. And obviously I, I would have liked to ex- seen them expanded more, but, you know, I, I was surprised that that went up without, you know, any conversation. Yeah. I think the prep we did through the year had everybody like ready for it. Cause I think there were some teams that it hadn't even crossed their mind that we would expand rosters. And then I think for you, me and Mike, it was like, okay, obviously this needs to be done. And so the argument that we got into in group me during the middle of the season and also the, like, you know, the taxi squad, I felt like eased the conversation. The fact that we were getting rid of kickers and defenses, like there was a lot of natural, if we hadn't done it this year, I think it would have been really hard to do that next year. Cause you know, so many changes would have already gone through. Yeah, I was anti-increased roster, but I knew that most people wanted it um, because I, I like the, the... Yeah, that means there's like, you know, 20 more players you have to learn the names of. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's too much on me. I just, I like the sort of the cost-benefit analysis of trying to figure out, okay, who do I want to keep on my team? Because I only have a limited roster size. And then, you know, there's the waiver pool that people are able to pull players from. And it just, I think it makes it more exciting when you have limited rosters because you have to make harder decisions on who to keep. Um, and that can have an impact on the league as a whole. Um, I think the biggest rule that we voted on was the playoff rule with going to only three week playoff. Yeah. Um, especially in a table format. Yeah. I, I'm going to be very curious to see how that plays out this year because, you know, obviously, like I said on the, on the rules call, the, the weeks would be different, but if we had had a three-week playoff this year, it would have ended in a three-way tie or it would have ended, you know, and I think it was Tommy or you know, whoever it was, like, having, you know, just winning on a tiebreaker. So I'm going to be curious, you know, like, was this an outlier year where this, you know, is this clumped together or is this kind of the norm and is three not going to be enough? Yeah, and you can also look back and think about, um, I know we still have to vote on the playoff, the number one seed playoff advantage. Um, Cause like if Colin would have had a half a point table point to start the playoffs and we did a three week playoff, then he would have won. Um, Cause he would have been a half a point higher than on good and Tommy. Um, so I, I mean, I think we're constantly making the league better and I'm happy that we 
had guys who were willing to join a Zoom call for two and a half hours uh, to figure out what the best rules for the league are. Definitely agree. And I think there's a, some potential drama unfolding live in the group me right now that I think we would be remiss not to chat about. Yeah, do we want to get to waivers real quick? Yeah, I think moving on to waivers. Any other what? thing from the rules call? I think we've covered it pretty well. No, but... I'm good. Brian, you yeah. got anything? Okay. No, that, that's all. I think we so, should start from the top with the uh, on the like the sleeper app and go through everybody's waivers I think, and get to I the think hot stuff. We got to start with the hottest topic right now, which mm. is Matt being. So I just use my. Yeah, how do I dislike your commissioner power move? I don't know, but I'm looking at Matt's team right now. I'm counting 23 players on his active roster. Can anybody verify this with me? I thought I counted and he had 23, but how many are we supposed to have? 22. Oh. So what I'm thinking happened was Matt had added waiver players before his trade with Brian went through. Uh, added an extra player from that trade. So when the trade went through, he didn't adjust his waivers that he had originally done. And so it auto dropped a player from his roster. So I, he told me he had only 21 players. So that's why I added Allen Robinson back. But now after looking at it, it looks like he has 23. He has 23. He has 23. So I, I don't know about this. This is a very... I don't either. Yeah, now that I know... This, this is weird. I know Brian's like, oh, shit, I don't want to talk about this right now. But I think, <laughs> like, he did... He he messed up. Like, he should not have had three waiver ads. That's something that you have to take into account when you're making yes. a trade, especially right before waivers. Yeah, I, I, I wish we could... I wish we could phone Matt in right now, add him to this call. We probably could. Yeah, somebody. Yeah, I'll do it. Can you send Matt a link to join this call live right now? Because I want to understand more of what happened. Because I think and I think this will be the most efficient way to do it too. Yeah, Brian, if this is what happened, what are your thoughts? Should Matt be allowed (laughs) to keep Allen Robinson? Because I could just as easily, uh, you know, remove Allen Robinson from his roster. But it seems like there was some poor management going on here, um, in terms of waiver additions and roster pickups. I, I I must say I uh, can't I can't say that I went back and double checked my own waiver ads uh, after our trade. Obviously, I gained a spot, so you know not as big of a deal for me. But uh, I he should absolutely have to drop somebody. I don't think the app should get to choose who it is. Uh, I, I well, think I think if you fail to specify, you know. Yeah, I personally, I'm I'm. Uh, I'm in the camp that he should he should have the opportunity to decide which of his uh, bench players he drops. I think Allen Robinson carries a lot more value than some of the other guys at the end of his bench. Um, But it's definitely uh, it's definitely a toss up. I could see it going either way. Okay, now I'm looking at it and I'm seeing 22 players. I'm not understanding. I counted. I counted counted three as well. I'll go back and I'll I'll do it again, but I counted 23 originally. Yeah, did he drop somebody else? Because all of his waiver ads went through because he added two players, which he shouldn't have been able to do considering he added Kadarius Tony. But now I'm seeing 22. Yeah, now I've got 22 22 as as well. Did he drop somebody else? It's not showing him having dropped somebody else. Who who changed from the previous roster? I don't know. 
I definitely counted 23 earlier. Whatever. Okay. Wow. Dramatic. Maybe it was, I don't know. Yeah, I definitely counted 23 because I. Weird. Weird. Yeah. 23, 24. Now I'm counting 24. Well, that includes the IR. Or, yeah. No, no. I, I think he's good now. I think he's at the 22. I, I wonder what I, happened. I don't know what happened, but yeah, I mean, I, I definitely can attest that I counted 23. Yeah. Super weird. I get, I don't know. Yeah. It's like he got to add three players. So he must have had three bench slots open on his team, is my only thought. Yeah. So he, what was the, uh, so he got an he gave up one player and got two players for the trade. Yes. Right. Yes. Yes. Should we do you guys want to cover that real fast since we've kind of been beating around the bush for a while? Yeah. The trade. We can, yeah. We can dive back into waivers right after that. So I'm thinking the big heart of this trade for Brian was twofold. One one was you wanted to have the fifth pick in the draft. And you didn't want to go to Waffle House again. So you gave up Kadarius, Tony. I'll just summarize the trade real quick. Uh, Matt receives David Montgomery, Kadarius, Tony, 2022, pick 2.05, 2023 second, which is Matt's second, 2022, pick 1.08. Matt, we're going over the trade. Welcome to the call. Uh, We're going over the trade between you and Brian. 2022, pick 1.08. And then Brian gets Eckler. 2022 2.10 and 2022 1.05. I'm glad you're both here now. I'd love to get both of your thoughts on, on what this trade meant for each of you. Matt, you go first. Welcome to the pod. Thanks. Sorry. I like literally, I know fantasy football shouldn't get me that riled up. Like (laughs) my chest. When you were cheating like that, it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. My chest is like beating. I had a vein in the back of my head that was like pulsating from how <laughs> nervous I was. Um, nah. Um, I'm excited about the trade. Um, I think it. I think it's a move that benefits both Brian and myself. Um, I agree. You know, I I think a, an issue, and when I was on the pod earlier, I talked about this. My team was very top heavy. Um, and I lacked uh, some of the depth um, that I think is required from a championship caliber team. So um, I think, you know, moving Eckler for a couple of younger players and um, I guess like moving back in the first round, but moving up in the second round gets me to like more quality picks in this draft and really excited about getting my second back for the 2023 draft. So yeah, I think you had, you know, I think you got, you made out pretty well, only moving back three picks in the draft, essentially moving up in the second round and getting a 23 second. You know, I think it's a, I think you made out well. Brian, what were your thoughts on the trade? I, that, I gave you my guess at the beginning, but I'd love to hear it in more detail. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, there was definitely a, a twofold approach in this. And, and this goes, I mean, uh, Matt and I had been having discussions like this for a very long time. Um, so we, uh, you know, this, especially about me moving up in the draft, the, that had been something that we've been um, discussing for quite a while. Uh, so we kind of had the framework of a deal outlined. Um, but then, you know, with him putting Austin Eckler out there 
you know, it, it kind of made sense to us to combine those two. So, yeah, I, I did have a two-tiered approach. I did want to get up, you know, from number eight to number five. I just, to me, I, I have very specific needs and I don't want to sit around and wait at number eight for uh, and just kind of hope that the right player falls to me. Um, so, you know, it kind of made sense to me to move up. And to me, I, I had so many picks that I didn't want to walk out of this draft with all those players and have to find the roster spots for them. Um, so it made sense to kind of shed some picks. Matt was, you know, it was important to him to get this 2023 second back, um, you know, and then to me, Eckler is a player that can, you're right, can hopefully help me avoid Waffle House next year. Um, I, I kind of lacked a player that I could rely on for, you know, 15 to 20 points a week. And, and I think he gives me that. And he's not, he's not too far out of the rest of my team's timeline um, where I thought that, you know, to me, the, the move was worth it. What I like about this trade is that I had gotten texts from both of you, uh, Matt, Austin, about Austin Eckler, and Brian, about David Montgomery. <laughs> and I think with you, Brian, you had texted me about it. And I don't know if I'd replied yet, or I didn't even have like time to look into it. And next thing I know, you have a trade with Matt for him. And I'm like, gosh, he's uh, moving quick. You got to drive up the price. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think this trade is way better than what you and I had talked about, Brian. Definitely. I, you know, I think it's better for you to move up to 1.05, but. I'm sure most people in the league have gotten text messages from me over the last few days. Sorry if you haven't. I think Sloan, you haven't. So I haven't. I know you've been missing out, but yeah, it's been. I think the trade talks are flying, and, and it's just these big moves coming out of the radar. How long did it take both of you to arrive at the swapping of picks? Was this like a thirty to forty-five minute text conversation, or was it like, bam, we know what we're doing? It was so. Um, I guess to put the framework out there, like Brian had mentioned, we had talked about me moving back from 1.05 to 1.08 and getting um, 2.05, like getting the fifth pick of the second round. And then I had, you know, texted him just to see if he was interested in Eckler. And I threw out some text messages to other people. And Brian and I had talked about 1.08 and like Montgomery for Eckler. And so we were like, well, we've already got like an overlying piece there. So let's throw in, you know, the 2023 second. And then it was like a singular message from Brian, like suggesting, what if I throw in Kadarius Tony? And then I give him 210 to like yeah. round it all off. It, wow. It, I, I that honestly, last piece is wild. The Kadarius yeah. Tony throw in. You were so hype on him, Brian. Yeah, I was. And that's, it's, it, it to me, what including Kadarius Tony in that deal and getting you know a second round pick from Matt back is um, to me it kind of frees up my draft. Um, before that, before that move, I was like pretty much locked into two quarterbacks, two running backs, and I feel like with shedding a little bit of my wide receiver depth in order to to move up to five, it'll it kind of frees me up to take a Garrett Wilson, to take a trail on Burks. So I think I'm a lot more versatile in my draft now uh, than I was three days ago. Wow. Not to you mention he was injured. Depth? You gave up player depth so you could get pick 210? Oh, not, I think the trade could have No, been, no, no. Hold on. Hold on. The trade Matt, not have gone through without the Kadarius Tony in 2.10? Like, no, that Matt feels wasn't like, agreeing. 
Matt was not agreeing to the framework before that. Okay. So that it was not happening. I use some, I use some algebra skills for my reasoning for not agreeing to the framework to help Brian understand why, <laughs> but cause I was like, if, if, uh, you know, Eckler is worth Montgomery and 1.08 and then 1.05 is worth 1.08 and like 2.05, then that means Eckler and 1.05 would be worth Montgomery 2.05 and two 1.08s. So I was like, my 2023 second is not equivalent to a 1.08. So how can we like cover the gap here? The remarkable, it came together remarkably quickly. And I, I think that's a credit to how similarly Matt and I value picks and players. Yeah. I think it's a, it's good trade partners. That's for sure. Good collusion going on. <laughs> I think we should get into the drama tonight, though. Yeah. Well, let's start with the yeah. the waivers and let's go to the. Uh, yeah, we'll get it. We'll get waiver. to why you're on the podcast. It's been resolved. At least it was weird. It was looking super weird to all three of us. It looks normal now. I don't know what kind of magic you pulled there, Matt, to make it look normal. But we can go over the the waivers from this week. I like seeing uh, Mike two thirty two. And nobody else bids. For <laughs> Same. Hilarious. That's my favorite one. Was he on any of your guys' radars? I was not. No. Nope. I'm surprised, Sloan. But never Brian looked at him. Yeah. As a Chargers fan, like I don't know if you guys remember, Parham like died. Yeah. In that game, yeah. like you remember his head injury. Like, yeah. Dude was a zombie for literally ten minutes before getting carted off the field. So yeah, that can't be good long term. We'll see. Well, I think. Matt, I think a, a, your Cedric Wilson pickup, I'm disappointed in myself for not thinking of that. He is a free agent who could very well go to to an offense where he's he's more, you know, a, a higher value target. I think that's a really great pickup. Yeah, that is a – it's an interesting – it'll be interesting to see who the Cowboys bring back. They have so many players that are available. So Brian like and, and Josh, how you guys feel about Curtis Samuel? Brian, you you got outbid, which is never fun. And Josh, no. you ended up with them. I ahead, I'm, I'm disappointed just because I had Curtis Samuel all year and was waiting for him to come off IR because I saw how you know he he was a good player in Carolina and like I was thinking you know comes to Washington I was really hoping he could figure it out and I I eventually gave up on him. And it was the right call. He didn't play at all this year. And so to lose out on getting him back to Josh, especially is tough. I have been eyeing Curtis Samuel since like literally when Brian dropped him, I'm always (laughs) checking in on him because I think he should definitely be rostered. Like even before, I think he should have been rostered. There were some teams who were like, holding a second defense or a second kicker, like you should be rostering Curtis Samuel over him. He had a top, you know, top 30 year last year. I think a player like Curtis Samuel, especially with the expanded starting roster size, that's when he'll become really important because he's probably not going to become an every week starter, but he's never really had a good quarterback. Maybe Washington gets a reasonable quarterback this year. When you have a bye week, and he's healthy and he doesn't have a huge history of bad injuries. He's a great plug and play for your flex spot. So yeah, 
That's why I had originally bid a hundred dollars, and then literally, like when we started this podcast, I up <laughs> because I really wanted to make sure that I got him. So I was I was surprised that nobody else bid on Gus Edwards with me because, like, you know, he's coming off a major injury, but so is J.K. Dobbins. Yeah, and I and even even pre injuries, Gus Edwards was still involved in that offense, and with how run heavy that you know, and how running back dependent Lamar Jackson is, I, I thought for sure somebody else would be involved with him. That was a good pickup. I thought it was hard with the way the, the app was looking. It was hard to tell who you wanted to add because there wasn't like a, a rostered percentage or a projection for next year. It was very much like ADP. You could look at projections, but it was very vague. And so it was really hard to tell who the top players were that were still available. Yeah. Josh, can you tell me about Keyshawn Vaughn? I have never heard that name in my life. He is the uh, running back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Well, I think, I think Leonard Fournette is the running back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I just like to clarify. Leonard Fournette is a free agent next year. Wow. I did not know that. Yeah, Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette are both free agents next year. So the ad of Keyshawn, third-round pick, former third-round pick by the Bucks two years ago, he was more speculative. Basically, the idea is if they don't sign a running back in the offseason or return one of their guys, there's a pretty decent chance that Keyshawn Bond could be a starter next year. But there's a lot of hurdles to be cleared there. So it's not a – there's no confidence in that addition. It's just like – Maybe he starts. So now you know. I now I know. That's good. Tommy Tremble, no idea who that is. Well, we skipped over the biggest ad. Matt well, we'll get up. back. We'll, yeah. we'll get back to that. We're, we're gonna okay. We're gonna come back. Tommy Tremble, you don't know who that is. Never heard of him in my life. Went to Notre Dame. I don't care about him now. Just a young tight end. Very speculative. Yeah. It's yeah. shot in the dark. Uh, to yeah. me. I went with Ryan Fitzpatrick just to give, you know, I need as many shots at the dartboard with quarterback as I can get. So if he, if he winds up starting somewhere, just buys me a little depth. I like it. Yeah. I, yeah. Why not? Good analysis. Yeah. Uh, Trey McKitty, uh, just again, <laughs> young tight end. If, if, if he somehow is even a, a top 15 fantasy tight end, that's, you know, the best dollar I've ever spent. I want to ask why he has an apostrophe at the end of his first name when there's nothing after Trey. Yes. But anyway. Bad, bad audience to ask that question. I will I say, Trey, the Chargers just used, I think it was a third or a fourth round pick. I, mean, I think fourth round pick on Trey McKitty um, out of Georgia last year. So, you know, Jared Cook being old, the tight end room is just him or Parham. And, you know, like we just mentioned earlier, Parham, and his neck like don't heal properly then and the chargers don't get somebody else mckinney yeah. could be that guy makes sense yeah so um, i'm going mccall hardman i like yeah, that mccall hardman young guy capable on a good offense it's about yeah, why I that's him. a good pickup i'm honestly shocked you got him for zero dollars yeah i somehow beat out mike for that so i'll take it then, Mike got the right to get Quez Watkins, though, the uh, wide receiver two, wide receiver three with, like, quite possibly the worst passing quarterback in the league. So that's <laughs> that's a uh, 
Um, if that one pans out, I would be very impressed with Mike's scouting ability. I don't mind Quaze. That's not a bad pickup. I oh, I'm not. I guess I'm not saying it's a bad pickup. It's just one of uh, I don't know. I, I I'd be impressed. Yeah, it's worth a shot. Yeah. And then lastly, Sloan adding some tight end depth with Foster Moreau. Sloan, I'm surprised you knew who this guy was. What? Oh yeah, you... I listened to the big time fantasy football podcast <laughs> when Waller was out. Heck yeah, I knew Foster Moreau was. Wow. Um, yeah, just, I don't know. I don't know what's happening to Waller. He's getting old. Moreau's young and he got some good experience this season. So I figured I'd pick him up. I got, uh, you know, my tight end position right now is kind of questionable. Gronk really old. Who knows if he's going to play next season. And then Gasicki. I'm really hopeful on Gasicki, but I wanted to at least get another young tight end on my roster. I like that. I think that's and, good ad. Yeah, I think the biggest surprise is that Matt dropped Allen Robinson for Ty Johnson, which is just big brain stuff. Weird. Uh, Matt, I was honestly like, why didn't you put him on the trade block? I would have given you like a 2024 fourth for him. <laughs> Literally, as soon as I saw you dropped him, I put in a bid for $500 for tomorrow. <laughs> I didn't even text you. I was like, well, a weird strategy by Matt here. How are you feeling? I was, so I was like in the middle of you know, wrangling in Winnie from bringing in sticks from outside and whatnot. And then I like come back in the living room and check my phone. I'm like, Oh, waivers went through. That's so awesome. And I like start scrolling and I saw like the minus sign next to a dude. And I was like, wow, who drops someone? (laughs) And I saw a Robinson and I was like, no, 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 no. Like at no point when I filled out my waiver ads, did it even prompt me to drop a player on my team? Well, well, we were talking earlier. I think it had to do with, or at least we think it might have had to do with the trade. Okay. I didn't realize you had been rostering two kickers. And so uh, you gotcha. dropped two of your kickers. So I thought it was related to the trade when you added an extra player. Because we both, we the three of us somehow counted 23 players on your roster when we were doing it live, obviously. Like we're multiple times, too. Focused on other things. Yeah, I don't know what is, happened. It must right, have been is, something weird. Which is why I was like internally panicking because like Josh, you were like, no, your roster's full. And I was like, I can clearly see that I have a starting spot open. I only have 12 people on my bench. Maybe that's what it was, Josh. Maybe like we yeah. weren't realizing that there was an open open starting spot. Well, and then even know. when even when you like put Allen Robinson back on my roster, like you guys still counted and said it was at 23. And I was like, I counted at least 15 straight times and got 22. Yeah. I was like, I don't know what I'm seeing compared to you. Like, is my app lying to me? But I was like, there was no way if I was going to drop somebody that I would have dropped Allen Robinson. Right. Here, here's the scary thing to me is I, I'm like, how did the app decide Allen Robinson was the player to go? And I'm like, saying. I'm like, man, I really got to double and triple check my my waiver ads <laughs> because like, if if they're like, yeah, let's go take the take a guy that has a chance to have a bounce back and you know drop them into free agency like what could they do to my team (laughs) yeah i'm just glad it was an app mistake and not actually you having uh 23 players and having messed up the waivers because it would have been an absolute mess to figure out what should have happened well gone either way yeah i know when i'm like it was like when you messaged earlier saying like hey you know we actually have an extra spot like i'm going to reduce roster size like I checked my phone when you mentioned that earlier this afternoon, just to make sure that like 
I still had room for both of my waiver ads and everything was good. And it didn't say I was dropping anybody. And then eight o'clock rolls through and all of a sudden I'm down Allen Robinson. (laughs) Again, I just like, I think it's so crazy that I was Allen Robinson of all people. Like (laughs) going to pick like Devontae Freeman or like, or like Larry Larry Jones. Yeah. Larry. Yeah. 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 Yeah, <laughs> Roundtree or like drop somebody from your. He IR. might have not even complained if it would have been Roundtree. He'd have yeah. been like, "Yeah, I meant to drop him." <laughs> or Nick freaking Foles, like yeah, yeah Nick Foles. <laughs> They're like, "Yeah, he might want Nick Foles. Let's drop Allen Robinson instead." Yeah, <laughs> I can't um, believe you're rostering Nick Foles. That's hilarious. <laughs> Super Bowl I mean, winner. I'm rostering him right now. Like he's going to be dropped in the future probably. But I was just like, "All right, I have a roster right now. He is a quarterback." I'll keep him. It's like Brian with Fitzpatrick. Like I'll keep Nick Foles just because, but yeah, <laughs> definitely. Oh, gosh. Well, I, I think we've covered waivers. There was one more trade, Kenny Galladay for Brian Edwards in the third. Um, we'll talk about it real quick, Matt. I'm surprised you gave up Kenny for so little. Are you really out on them? I mean, yeah. I don't feel like Brian Edwards is there. So I, it must be like an anti-Galladay trade is what it feels like to me. Uh, Anti-Galladay trade. Um, I was just like ready to get him out. Like I said, I kind of want to get on like a youth movement. And when I texted Mike about the deal, because I was honestly, Mike proposed the deal to me. I was like, hey, I'll give you Brian Edwards in a 2023 third for Galladay. I was like, yeah, I'll do it. And then I asked him like, why do you want Galladay? He was like, well, maybe his points per game will go up a couple notches and you know, he could be a flex stream that helps him get out of Waffle House. And I was like, right on. And I told him, I was like, honestly, if I'm going to like have a wide receiver that like doesn't perform up to his capabilities, I would much rather have it be like a 23 year old. So that way I can give the excuse, oh, there's always next year, like for him to be better. When Kitty Galladay is like 28, coming off of another season with injuries. And I don't know. Yeah. I think it's the right move. Yeah. I also I, told Mike, I was like, if Kenny Galladay is having a really good season next year, that means Daniel Jones is having a really good season. And I would much <laughs> rather have a better Daniel Jones than a better Kenny Galladay. Yeah. And you've got Kadarius Tony now. So you've got the wide receiver covered, you know, right now. They had zero touchdowns this year. So it can pretty much only go up, I would think. Exactly. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, we've covered a lot. This is definitely our longest podcast. The marathon pod. <laughs> yes, definitely. We had a lot go on. Thanks for hopping on in the middle of it, Matt. It was good to have you. No good to have you again, Brian. Thanks for covering Waffle House. Always good to see you, Sloan. We'll be back next week with some more fun stuff. We'll probably get, it'll probably get a little bit more obscure after this week in terms of what we cover, but oh, yeah. get, get excited for what Sloan and I put together. Looking forward to it. To the people still listening, you guys are troopers. Dylan got here in like 40 minutes on 1.8 speed. We should, we, should maybe put a, we should maybe put a qualifier before this one starts to listen to it on 1.8. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks, guys. I'll talk to you later. Always good to catch up. Yeah. See you guys. See ya. Bye.